0: Welcome to the New York Comedy Club podcast, where we sit down and talk with comedians and friends of New York Comedy Club about comedy, life, and recently being locked in our houses for extended periods of time. Our guest today is Jared Fried. Hello. What's up, Jared? <laughs> audio.
1: Sorry, sorry to interrupt lunchtime. <laughs> you Nick yeah, the
0: lunchtime. Yeah, me on the most
2: cracker. Uh, well, thanks for coming in, Jared. Uh, you know, and this is uh, what, a, what a wild what a wild time to be alive. Um, but I just want to say that this is our one hundredth episode. So Whoa. congratulations. And I think in I think in the podcast world that locks you in for our two hundredth episode. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have to have you back soon. <laughs> we'll get you back in two years. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll be back for two zero zero. You'll be like none of this ever happened. Oh, it'll be a whole new
2: world. But uh Jared, you've been very, very busy. Amy was just telling me how much uh, you've taken this quarantine and just kind of stacked your schedule. So, uh, yeah,
1: I, I think yeah. like uh, I, I moved my podcast. I have two podcasts, and I used to say how embarrassing it was to say you had two podcasts. Like, I, I was like, that was like my stock line where someone would say, Do you have a podcast? I'd be like, I have two. Which is like saying you're a vegan virgin because then people like are like, oh, we gotta hear about both these things. That was my stock line. Just to be like aware to show that I had awareness that anyone with one podcast thinks that they have, you know, something fun to say. But anyone with two, you really have to love yourself a little too much. (laughs)
2: Like
1: I'm a I'm like aware of that. Uh, But now I'm, uh, you know, kind of in this coronavirus world, I feel lucky to have them both. uh, And I'm, you know, I've always tinkered with the ideas of going daily. I've always wanted to, like, I've been talking about it for a couple of years now where I'm like, I want to do a daily podcast where people can, you know, I would do like different themes every day and nothing ever, I I didn't know how to like schedule it or how to, you know, it was more about figuring out how do I fit in stand-up with live shows with everything else and now you know when i my shows all got postponed and i'm like i gotta do something you know for me and i think you know there's two ways to look at what's going on there's one way where it's like the world's all going to hell i'm gonna go hide in my bed or it's the other way and it's time to pivot and you have to start you know work on your audience you know i these are all people that i do my podcast for i i'm not sitting in a world where like We're never going to do shows again. We're never going to do this again. You know, the world's going to change, but that doesn't mean that individuals can't prosper and pivot with what's going on instead of just sitting here complaining because it's very easy. I love to complain. I just do it on a podcast.
2: Well, well, what are the the two podcasts? You have have the J train and
1: J train and and the U up podcast
2: and U up podcast.
1: So the UF is with Betches and that is a modern dating podcast where we discuss different modern dating topics. And then J Train podcast has always been like an advice driven podcast. I've been doing that for like eight years. And what I've done is I've, I've kind of taken J Train and done, you know, called the, the daily episodes of it Freed by Noon, which I, I've been saying Beach by Noon for a long time now, where it's like this kind of like motto where it's like if I'm going to travel somewhere, you got to be on the beach by noon or else the day was a wash. So I do freed by noon, which is every day. That's part of the J train podcast. And <laughs> oh, oh God. so, um, and it's then a really, I, it's
2: a really bad time in modern history to be sneezing on, on podcasts.
1: Yeah, not a lot of sneeze. So <laughs> I, uh, I, so I do it every day. So every day I take emails from listeners and a lot of them have to do with like dating and relationship and, kind of quarantine related now, you know, is the background of it. Then I'll do like rants. I'll do coronavirus rant of the day. I'll do a charcuterie chat where I talk about (laughs) charcuterie stuff. And then I'll do a luxury lounge where it's like you get to complain about something that like someone could say, well, it's, you know, there's people dying. Like no one can respond to you that way. And then I take quick hits. I do quick questions at the end uh, where I just bang them out. And it's like hovering around 40 minutes a day. I think I could get it down to 30 um, but it kind of just playing with it. It's, you know, this is my creative project while, you know, and I'm I'm very lucky to have the audience that's there for it. And, you know, it's been cool because listenership has gone up, which is really nice.
0: Oh, that's cool. I have a silly related question is have charcuterie plates gone, like the volume you've been seeing gone up or down now that we all have our panic so buys,
1: you see a lot of personalized plates, which is great for me because then they get sadder. <laughs> so it's a lot of, uh, like really room for fodder in the charcuterie world. Also what I've seen is there's the charcuterie cone. So they're trying to get individualized charcuterie going because they know once we come out of this, having just a spread out, no one's gonna to want to touch the same spread. So they're giving each cone has all the elements of a charcuterie in it. And I actually like that idea.
0: Ooh. That is interesting. Innovation in the time of pandemic. That's right. Well, this is
1: the thing. The, the theme of life right now is pivot. What are you going to do? You guys are doing the podcast. You guys are on Zoom. We're all pivoting. And, you know, you have to make a choice. You live in the land of, uh, of sadness and bad thoughts. And we, we all go there. That's not to say I'm above that. But, you know, you have to make a choice to like, okay, well, what's, how do I pivot? How do I take a little bit of a right, a little bit of a left to have this work for me and make my life good?
2: I love Uh, that. I love that, Jared. Yeah. I I think, I think it's important that, I mean, because I know, uh, you know, Amy, Amy says this and I agree with her 100% that, you know, you don't have to take this time to be, you know, reinvent yourself and become a better person and just do this, do that, do this. It's like, it's okay to like, you know, sit down and relax. But I also think it's important that if, you know, when this is over the excuse of, oh man, I just don't have any time to do that. You can't use that anymore because here it is. Here's all the time in the world. So something on their back burner, it's time to do it. And I love the idea that you're, you're saying it's got about, it's all about pivoting. So well, I'm, all, a, I'm also like, read. both,
1: you know, both can be true. Like you could, you, don't, you know, I'm not doing anything different than I was doing any other day. Like I was still, you know, I, I said I was lucky um, for having the two podcasts, but that's only due to getting up and, and treating every day like a work day as a comedian and not just treating it as like fun time at night. Where I'm like, fucking around. You know, comedy's fun, but you get to have fun. You, the The prize is the. You know, I think someone told me. I think Lisa Traeger got this from Kyle Canaan, maybe. Where stand up is the prize. That's what you get to do if you do all the other stuff well. So if you build an audience, if you write well, if you practice, if you go to open mics, then you get to do the show. That is your reward. That's part of the reward. So. You know, there's a lot of people that I think take that reward for granted and I try not my best not to be one of those people.
0: Yeah, I also think, too, I mean, it's so funny. I said this to someone the other day because I have been putting out on my Twitter like every day one or two tips to fight depression. And I keep repeating the one of like there is no pressure to create. You're not if you weren't already working on a screenplay, you don't need to go home and write the great American sitcom that's magically going to get picked up and give you the greatest job ever at the end of this. But at the same time, like I started two or three new projects because that's just my personality. Like the thing that keeps me sane and from falling into the pit of depression is, all right, give me something to do. Give me a list of tasks. Break it down. Let's do this.
1: Totally. This isn't like, you know, the thing is also when I I think when people are like, well, then go or, you know, so
0: everyone's Shakespeare,
1: Shakespeare, (laughs) what happened during the Spanish flu or some shit, you know, like I'm like. I, well, that's a, that's a, that's kind of like something that's easy to say for retweets. And that's easy to like, you know, like I, I, that was, that, that also lives in the land of like, well, what are they doing? What are they doing? Like, I, I don't really, I'm not really trying, I'm trying my best never to do that. So like, I think if you're looking like, well, that person's doing a pilot, that means I got to do a pilot. It's like, all right, you're fucked because you're not very good at writing pilots. You know, that person's (laughs) doing it because they genuinely wanted to do it. Like. You know i started doing tiktok more because i was just fucking around with the app i i think it's funny whatever and like i'm not doing you know and i put it out and i want people to follow me obviously but like i'm thoroughly enjoying tiktok like i i think it's fun i like the music i like fucking around with it i like how stupid you can be on it um you know i'm not doing it because i'm like okay time to time to make sure i keep up with the dance moves like <laughs> You know, like I just like doing it. so, you know, yesterday I put up with me uh, dressed as a little mermaid, you know, you know, singing about wanting to be out there with the people out there just in the theme of being quarantined. So, and it's like, okay, well now your brain is like, you know, got, you know, getting ideas, spurring, you know, new things to do. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I think going back to the things that you've been working on, either way, quarantine or not, like that could be the main source of your calendar and that spurs other creativity.
2: Uh, I have a question about the two podcasts that you're doing. Do you find it hard to keep them separate from each other? I mean, do you ever encounter like, man, this would be really good for this podcast, but yet you're talking about it on the the other one. I mean, do you try to separate the two or is it just, you know, as much Jared Freed as we can get?
1: I try to separate the two. The Up podcast is so specifically dating And it's myself and Jordana Abraham who started Betches. Um, Her and I, you know, I think a lot of that show has to do with how good we are with like bouncing off of each other. And we're really getting into like the dating topics. Like we're really digging into like certain subjects that people are dealing with. J-Train is more like it could be everyday life. It's a lot of dating questions, but very like lifestyle, very like, um, you know, I'm going to take like a, a, like. I could take 20 emails in an episode in an hour and really just do like 20 different questions and just answer them, you know, kind of, you know, you know, bang, 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 bang. So it's a little bit more light and a little bit less uh, dug into the subject.
0: Yeah. Um, To pivot right now, Nick, I'm sorry. I don't know if you had a follow-up question to that. No, 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 no. Uh, You also just had to move apartments, which is worse than death (laughs) under normal circumstances. How the fuck? Are you even able to have moved, done podcasts? Now you're on this podcast with us. Are you fucking dying?
1: Uh, I'm okay. Um, I, you know, I think getting ahead really is helpful. Like I've always been a proponent with podcasts, especially of consistency. If you're not coming out every day, every week, at the same time, every week, you might as well take your podcast and shoot it in the back of the head because it's not going to happen. People who listen to podcasts, on a schedule with during a certain part of the day while they're walking while they're at lunch while they're at the gym it's very much a part of people's lives and to me if my podcast isn't out at you know midnight on a tuesday i'm stressed the fuck out because i feel i've disappointed the audience because i listen to podcasts and i enjoy them during very specific parts of my day and i know what time they all come out because they work into my schedule so I've always been on the ball with that stuff. So now I'm pretty good about getting ahead. Like I know how far in advance I have to start thinking about next Tuesday or next Monday or next Friday. So, and, you know, getting guests together. So I've become pretty good at that. Um, and then we had the move coming up. So that was always on the calendar. And I guess moves were considered essential during this time. And the, the part, part with moving is just the stress of it and having other things to do. And, you know, my girlfriend, she's really good about like being organized and you know, she got me on the ball with like, so many things that I never would have done. Like having a junker come. So like a junk truck came and threw away a bunch of stuff one day. And then a week later, like the apartment's just like ready for a mo- move more than I would have been ready for it. And then, you know, like just, you know, organizational stuff just made it way easier. And now, we're in her studio apartment staring at each other four feet apart and uh, we're really learning about each other now. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: How, uh, how much stuff did you have and how far away was the move?
1: So that's kind of the easier part. You know, I guess you would want your move to happen while no one's on the roads, And so it, it was actually nice, you know, like, yeah, cause, get it, cause I was in Harlem, my apartment was in Harlem and then we moved to lower East side. So like, you know, going up and down the the FDR at six o'clock on a Wednesday, or on a Tuesday or Wednesday, you know that's a lot easier when everyone's inside.
2: <laughs> it's got suck though that, that's it. it's kind of got a suck though that all your friends have the greatest excuse in the history of man to not help their friend move.
1: That's right. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> I I've never been one of those like, hey, got the move coming up, people. Like I. <laughs> I think the cost of a mover and the cost of an, an Uber home is worth keeping my friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey strangers. <laughs> that's, that's my motto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Uh, uh I'm sorry. Nick. Yeah, go ahead, Amy. Well, so you, nope, you said don't. something I was going to jump on and kind of ties back to both of your podcasts. Cause I do think of you as very much a relationship advice guy. <laughs> I mean, obviously yeah. I think of you as a stand-up comedian first. Uh, let's put that For out Sure. There. But, um, so you just mentioned that thing of like, well, we're really getting to know each other very well in this studio apartment, staring at each other. How much, like what's changed about the the letters and, and emails and messages that you're getting from people now that they are like 100% living with this person?
1: So it's a lot right now with the quarantine and with dating, um, you're realizing what people are really after. I've been calling it... Um, the magnified mirror towards your relationship because everything is up close and you can see all the blackheads, you can see all the bad skin and you get right up and personal because maybe you went on two dates with someone before this all went down and now you're in a quarantine and you're texting that person and they're like, and before they were up for hanging up for talking up for all this stuff and selling you dreams. And then all of a sudden they're not texting anymore. Well, well, you're not in the group. You're out. <laughs> you're seeing. Or they don't want you say, like I had a girl, she wrote in, she was like, I had given the idea. I was like, if you're seeing someone, you gotta get creative. So like, why don't you, you know, listen to a podcast, like go listen to like the first season of serial and do like a book club with someone you're dating. Like go and then get on the phone and talk about that. Because the real issue is that nothing new happens every day. It's Groundhog Day, as a lot of people have said. So how can you two have anything to talk about someone you met two days ago? So I was like, crank up a podcast, listen together, and talk about it. And this girl wrote in. She was like – she sent the screenshots of her talking with someone, and the guy was like – she was like, hey, I heard a great idea. We should listen to a podcast together. And the guy wrote back. He was like, no, I'm not – I love your enthusiasm, but I'm not going to do that. And it's like, all right, that's not – obviously, if he won't even listen to a podcast with you, he's not going to go on a set, third date with you when this is all over. So I think it's like people are realizing who's going to bat for them. They're also realizing um, – I've also thought that this makes people grow up. You know, in a relationship, it's really easy to live in the romanticized world, especially in New York City. You go on the first date, you get drinks, and then you go on the second date, oh, dinner, and this guy's paying the tab, and then it's all of a sudden, you know, quarantine happens, and the guy goes, hey, I'm going home to my parents, and you're like (laughs) – Oh, oh, you you're not an adult? You know, we're obviously on two different pages. You know, one guy goes home to his parents, one girl go, is in her apartment saying, Well, wanna come over and you know, we can quarantine together and he's like, Well, mom and dad want me to come home. It's like, <laughs> Oh the great reveal. You were a child the whole time.
0: The whole time.
1: Twenty percent on a date, you know, leaving the tip twenty percent on a date was easy.
0: Yeah. His mom's money
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah buying yeah. groceries and uh preparing for the apocalypse is a little different it's kind of what we're seeing you're just seeing whether the person you're dating is an adult or not and that it's, it's okay to be a child too but you're just yeah. seeing the reality you know
2: yeah it's uh it's very it's re- very revealing this is very re- revealing and uh and it's, it's testing everybody i mean I live with my girlfriend and another roommate uh, and it's, you know, luckily we have space that we can kind of go hide in our own rooms, but you know, Mm -hmm. we're all going to be better friends when this is over. I mean, this is, I mean, it's Or worse. I I
1: mean, someone, someone wrote in like, they're like, can I break up with my boyfriend based on how he's responding to what's going on? And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you can break up with your boyfriend for any reason, but like, you know, to 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 not consider this gravity like to to say that gravity is suspended because we're in quarantine. No cause and effect. Quarantine happened. They reacted the a certain way. You felt not as into them anymore. That's totally normal. Like and it can go both ways. You can be more into the person. Wow! Look how they figured this out. Look at how resourceful they were. Look how positive they were. Look how helpful they were. And it can go both ways. Like someone was like. Well, my boyfriend doesn't even think, he still thinks it's a hoax, And it's like, yeah, I mean, there are people out there that like that, you're just finding out earlier. It would have been something different down the line that they didn't believe. It's just, you're getting that mirror right in front of the face to see the blackheads. And it's like, you could also date someone who takes it too seriously. And I'm not saying like you can take, you know, a pandemic too seriously, but I'm saying you can react, you could be a puddle of a person every single day melted crying. We're never going to make it. I wouldn't want to be around that. Yeah. So the, the, you know, there's, it's gravity up and down. Both can be true. Both can set you off. Both can make you, you know, realize that the partner you're with isn't the right one.
2: Yeah. I think this situation also can help kind of speeds up the process of seeing someone's best and worst sides of them. And And if you can tolerate both of those then you probably got yourself a good person, a good match. You know, like this is bringing out the worst in me. It's bringing out the best in me. And if you know, if she can see that I'm, you know, okay at both ends of those spectrums, all right, then it uh, should be okay. Absolutely. Uh, but Jared, you uh, you said you've been on TikTok, and I saw your dancing video, and people are <laughs> are loving it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a
1: huge fan. I I could TikTok all
2: day long tiktok all day long uh, and you could you kind of already alluded to it that you're um you know you're kind of doing it just for shits and giggles but i mean are you do you find yourself just watching other people doing weird shit or is it kind of just what you're doing
1: i just like i just like watching how people use it like how people get creative with it like it's just like i i know i'm at the tip of the iceberg like i know like there are people that like really are talented with like the editing and making it look colorful and all that stuff. I, I don't know. It's just to me, like, you know, everything I've always done has been because I enjoyed doing it and I worry about whether that can make some money or generate revenue later. But for now, you know, I'm going to have fun on TikTok. I'm going to, you know, give dating advice. Uh, I'm going to yell at the bachelor. Like that's something else I do. Like that's like all because I enjoy the bachelor.
2: I wanted to bring that up. Uh, so, how, how did you? How did you like? I'm, I don't watch it, but my girlfriend does, so I've seen it. I know Amy's a big fan. How did? How? How you feel about the ending? There?
0: Amy and I connect heavily on on, on the Bachelor. <laughs> we I, do. I was waiting. I was like, I'm gonna let Nick bring that up because this is gonna go down a rabbit hole real quick if I do. <laughs> so, yeah, this is. I
1: mean, now this is a Bachelor podcast. I, yeah. I loved last season. I thought Peter was a horrible Bachelor, <laughs> but I don't think. I think those two are independent of one another. You can have a horrible bachelor that could make for a great season. Um, I thought he was too weak. You need, your pimp has to be strong. You can't just be a weak pimp. There's no such thing. Pimp hands strong, and P- bachelor Pete was weak. And what we found out at the end is that the weakness was a psychological study. It was his relationship that, with his mom that was unfolding in front of us the whole season, and we didn't even know it. And I I loved everything with his mom. I loved – because I'm the – if you don't know what happened, um, it ended with Peter picking Madison or picking Hannah. It didn't work out. Then he wanted to go back to Madison, and the mom hated Madison. And I just thought it was such an interesting thing. It was so easy to be like, well, the mom's a bitch. The mom sucks. The mom's an asshole. But she's a mom with two boys. I'm the son of a mom with two boys. Try dealing with a mom of two boys when you're a woman. That has to fucking suck. You're the only over 30 years, however many years, she's had her husband and two boys, and she's been the woman of the house for from day one. And then all of a sudden, this girl Madison comes in and says, Well, you and my son, your son and I have different values. That is the same thing as saying to the mom, you raised your son wrong. And she took it that way. So the mom went off. and was like all crazy, like in, in ways that moms do. Totally understandable. And Madison stood her ground was like, listen, I have different values. That's just what it is. And took like the religious, pious kind of angle, which is kind of annoying as well. But is her right? and now you got a face off now you have the mom in real time sending off a woman that she feels is invading in her her home and doesn't agree with her parenting style and that's what we got to watch in real time it was fantastic it was wonderful just thorough entertainment
0: i'd also just like to repeat because i like to repeat this as much as possible this goes way back to the beginning of the season before the season something Jared pointed out that was so out there and obvious and nobody said it until you did, which is Peter has never satisfied a woman.
1: Never. Peter never made a woman come. You can tell it's just, you don't fuck four times in a windmill because you got it done the first time.
0: (laughs) I I, I literally, I can't remember if it's on Twitter or Instagram where I saw you post that. And I just went, yeah. Oh, my God. That's been true this whole time, and none of America caught on to it until right now. I
1: mean, Hannah Brown didn't have sex with Tyler C because she goes, I know the sex will be good. I know I'll get off. That was her whole reasoning. Yeah.
2: Well, did they, uh, did, didn't they? did they, like, break up? Didn't um, – I don't know. See I only hear hearsay. So did so Peter and Hannah broke together, up. Right?
1: And Peter, Peter basically – the Bachelor of the season ended with Peter going, so I'll text you. That was basically the yeah. end of the, the season. And um, that was just like, that was it. So it, it, I don't even think they did it. There's this segment of Bachelor fandom, and I don't know if Amy's one of these people, but I don't know if, I don't think you are. They're only satisfied if they get married at the end. And I, I, I really don't understand that group. Like, they're like the only, se- This season is only successful if this person marries someone from the group and then moves on has kids and we watch the kids grow up and we get a pop in with their lives once every five years. Like there's that segment. So they think if that doesn't happen, it's a total failure. And I'm like, that's not why I'm watching. I'm watching for the small moments. I, you know, I'm a micro bachelor watcher. I want to see, you know, how do they get along? How does he break up? How does the mom react? Like, that's why I said this season's like successful for me.
0: Yeah. And I love it too, that like the last two seasons ended non-traditionally. And I like that, yeah. you know, it's a show that's been on the air for a couple decades at this point, And it needs <laughs> to evolve. And obviously like, it's almost like a little cat and mouse game. Cause the contestants evolve with the show, you know, there for the right reasons was kind of the first tip off of like, Oh, they know what's happening. And now they're playing a game. So now the game has to like, try to outsmart them in the game. And the fact that, like, yeah, maybe nobody's getting picked. Or maybe... Actually, three, because, like, Colton's was fucking weird at the end, too. So, like, the fact that it's like, oh, this isn't going to go the way you think it's going to go in these last three episodes is, I think, makes it more interesting. And Colton, in his book that
1: just came out, claimed that him and Cassie broke up at one point. So, like, that's, like, to me, like, that's a more... Like, the idea that a group of 20-somethings, they're just going to... like. Them yeah. being together at all after is a win. Like uh, considering yeah. how hard dating is. Like I can't. It's just I, I. I can never believe it when someone's like, "This is awful." They're
0: not even married. It's like, what? Who cares? What is yeah. That's actually one thing I love Bachelor in Paradise. I like it better than the regular seasons. But the thing that I don't like that I, I haven't seen change as much is that thing of like you basically have to get engaged or break up at the end of it. And I'm like. Why not like nobody when they have those conversations beforehand and are like, well, I'd like to see where this goes, but I'm not ready to ask you to marry me. Like those turn into giant fights and dramatic breakups. And sometimes they get together again later, which has been cute and nice. It's like, why can't we have a thing on the beach where you don't bring them a ring? You bring them a bracelet or something, you know, like, just like, Hey man. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go out on some more dates with clothes on. Yeah. You're the
1: one I chose to like, To me, in this day and age, with what dating is, like, to end up with someone in a committed relationship, that's as serious as marriage was 30 years ago. Yeah. Like, no one is sitting here. Like, it it, it just always is, like, it seems like a scapegoat to think you're better than the show. And I think that's what a lot of people do, where they, like, they don't, like, I do a lot of stand-up bits about The Bachelor, because I do think it, like, represents a lot of the show. And it's interesting to me. I'm like, Hey, I love the bachelor. Uh, does anyone, and i and I always start the bit by going, if you hate the bachelor and I pause for a second and, and I, and then I go, you're right. Like, <laughs> it, like it's okay to hate the Bachelor. But every time I pause, there's like, I'd say like 40% of the time I'll go, if you hate the bachelor and I'll pause and, I'll, and someone will have to yell out. It sucks. It's awful. Oh, ah! and I'm like, <laughs> I right. like, no one thinks you're – there's this almost, like, elevation socially uh, that some people think they get when they are above what's going on in that show because of the ridiculous conceit of it, which no one is saying this is not ridiculous. Yeah. Everyone is – it's a show. We wouldn't watch if the premise wasn't ridiculous. <laughs> like, we're not watching this because we, like – oh, like, like reality TV just has to have a hint of reality. Yeah. It's what would you do in the situation so it's always interesting to me in a in a, a stand up club because you know that's where you see and, and where people can't hold it in they can't even wait for the opinion on it They'll, they have to go uh you know like and it's just such a reveal of um of a lack of confidence to me like it's such a reveal that the person doesn't have any you know like their,
0: their, their individual self-worth as sad as that sounds. <laughs> as the judge no, of. it's like, it's like 10, 15 years ago, whatever it was, maybe longer. Cause I'm very old now the whole, like, Oh, I don't even own a TV. Like, Oh, oh the bachelor really? sucks. And I don't watch it. That's it's that same faux intellectualism.
1: It's it, you know what it's these little, like, it's almost like, uh, they're conversational. What's it in a, uh, they're conversational Easter egg, you know? So like they'll slip them into conversation to let you know, they are a higher end person or a little bit smarter than you or a little bit smarter than that thing. They do it with owning a TV. I don't, Oh, the bachelor. Mm, I'm not one of those people. I don't even watch that. People even will message me. They're like, they're like, I don't even watch the bachelor. I watch it through your stories. I'm like, well, okay. Like I appreciate that. But like, you know, what? I, I However you watch it, is how you, I, You're you know, still watching it. Still watching it. it. Uh, uh, we gotta
2: get, we gotta get going here soon, but I gotta ask both of you guys, do you, are you bachelor fans and anti-bachelorette or do you get right into the bachelorette just as much as you get into the bachelor?
0: Oh, I consider them the same show yeah, just same. with, with alternating leads. Like okay. I, they're oh, sorry. go ahead. I feel like early on. And again, cause it's Disney, ABC, they were initially selling this myth this fairy tale of ah, well, married princess shit. Like th- there was a, a bit of a, a tonal difference and a, and a bit of a sexist difference between the two, but now it's, it's the same thing. It's just like, Hey, here's one person. Here's the next person. Now we're all going to fuck island.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I have my issues with the, ba- the to me, I wish they were more, I mean, they tried to do this and then they didn't, but like, I have my fixes I would make with the bachelorette. I love both shows, but you have to like, the thing is the show has to evolve with society. So like to put one man with 30 women in their twenties, like, yeah, that's a fun show to watch. When you have one woman with a 30 men in their twenties that have access to a hundred thousand Instagram followers, it's just not as believable. So like, I, I, I think like, if they, I always have been on board with they should have old uh, a bachelorette should be older, like already divorced, like, um, and then the men should be way older. They should be in their fifties, forties, fifties, business people that have like retired or like on their second or third marriage. Like to me, that would be just a, more entertaining because now you're seeing a different type of crazy, like. I've seen 23-year-old dude crazy, and it's not that interesting to me. 23-year-old woman crazy is kind of interesting to me. So, like, I, I was saying this before I, when the season ended, so they did cast a 38-year-old bachelorette. Mm-hmm. But then all – and I said, my my whole premise for, like, why this was so such a good thing is because it's actually socially evening. You know, when we have The Bachelor and it's a – 30-year-old guy or 28-year-old guy with 23-year-old women, we're seeing the craziest version of woman. 23-year-old woman is the most crazy to put on TV. The equivalent is like is midlife crisis man. That's our 23-year-old woman. That's our embarrassing version. Because 55-year-old man with the paisley cuffs that are like and, – and divorced and – Still thinks he's hot shit and thinks he's 30 and tries to play in a basketball game of all 30 year old men because he thinks he's still got it. And then he ends up breaking his hip like that. Our 23 year old woman. So it's actually like our most embarrassing version hasn't even been on TV yet. So it's actually unfair.
2: (laughs) I, I love that idea. I, I, I it's it's great. I um, but yeah, we get so we got to get out of here because Zoom says so. Uh, that's the, <laughs> that's the world we're living in. But uh, Jared, when we're on our way out here, how can uh, people find you? Where can they find your podcasts? What do you got this to plug is, in?
1: This is a pleasure. Thank you both for having me. This Thank was you, a lot Jared. Of fun. Um, I'm on Instagram at Jared Freed. that uh, I have two podcasts: the J Train Podcast and the You Up Podcast. Uh, both can be found anywhere you're doing, you know, podcast stuff. I'm also pushing out my YouTube, YouTube. I'm putting up every single day. I'm putting up YouTube. So, uh, you know, different ep- all podcast episodes are on YouTube. So I'm on Jared Freed on YouTube there too.
2: Well, that was great. Jared, thank you. Uh, make sure you guys are checking out Jared on YouTube and everywhere else. You're listening to podcasts. Uh, Jared, thanks for coming in. Uh, happy 100th episode, Amy and uh i would yeah, be happy 100 I, thank you i would be remiss though to have a fellow penn stater on the podcast and not at least give a shout out to the penn state men's basketball team who was currently having the greatest season in school history and the entire thing got thrown out the window so i feel like i at least have to give them a shout out with fellow nittany line on the on the uh, on the episode so, so
1: sad we didn't even get that opportunity to have like a penn state Fun night of basketball. Like
2: that you never really get. it it kind of stinks. Dude, Lance, Lance, uh or uh Lamar Stevenson was fifteen points away from being the all-time uh scorer in school history. And they were like, I mean, Oh, it's gonna take it's it gonna to take a it's gonna take a miracle for him not to break that record. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. That sucks. We found a miracle. Yeah, there it is. So uh uh Jared, thanks for coming in. well we'll have you on soon. We'll have you on way before the two hundredth episode, that's for sure. Uh thanks for listening to the new york comedy club podcast where you can find us on the paper house network where you can also find the pinch music podcast carrie allen picture show and the recently added gone girls podcast so thanks for listening and stay safe
1: bye-bye thank you guys
0: so much thanks jared, See you, jared.
2: thanks for listening to the new york comedy club podcast make sure you like subscribe share and leave a comment and for tickets to the club check out NewYorkComicClub.com.